Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History title. Bang! Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. And we welcome you into Full Slate, a Blue Wire Gambling Podcast. My name is Greg Frank. You can find me and my gambling picks on Twitter at UndercoverGreg. Joined by our jack of all trades, Alex Uplinger at Alex underscore up seven. Manages the podcast Twitter at full underscore slate underscore pod. It is wild card weekend in the NFL, or should we now say super wild card weekend, as we have six games to break down, two on Saturday, three on Sunday, and then one last hurrah on Monday night this year. Alex, it's good to have you back. I don't think America or anywhere in that matter will find a podcast that is bigger on a pair of seven seeds. I'm an Eagles fan. You're a Steelers fan. Ugliest dogs of the week. Let's let's hope it's an ugly dog week that we have sometimes in the regular season. I mean, ugly is by far, right? No one's giving either team a fighting chance. I mean, maybe the Eagles can keep it close. I, I don't think the Steelers keep it very close. But, hey, here's the hope, and crazy shit happens, and that's why yeah, we love the Yeah, if they won outright, you would say that there's a greater likelihood of the Eagles doing that? Yeah, I honestly would be shocked if either did, but I think you have to look to the Eagles. Although that matchup on paper, it probably couldn't be worse for the Eagles going up against such a stout rushing defense. Right. I think the Steelers have a, a slightly better matchup just when you see like Tyreek Hill was a little banged up. Kelsey went out late. Both running backs are banged yeah, up. So the Steelers have a little, a little leakier of late. It looked like they had figured some things out, but then – 
Denver did have some success on the ground on Saturday of last week. And then I can't remember. Oh, Cincinnati went up and down the field on them pretty good. Yeah, it's just Big Ben is no Drew Locke at, at this point of his career. So I, I don't know if they can they can even exploit those weaknesses. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny hearing you say Big Ben is no Drew Locke. Um, <laughs> but, hey, I, I think he's like a cat. He's got nine lives. He just just won't die. <laughs> no, he just he just keeps trucking along and they just keep finding ways to win, which is impressive but it's definitely not really on the on the arm of ben very often maybe a few plays here and there but overall not really him so we'll get to that game a little bit later on as they go to arrowhead to take on the kansas city chiefs but let's get started in another afc north city and it's the cincinnati bengals welcoming in the las vegas raiders to paul brown stadium i'm excited to see this atmosphere come uh Saturday afternoon, just because the Bengals, it's their first time in the playoffs in six years. And it, not only that, but it does feel like a little bit of an arrival for a Bengals team that, you know, it's something I've talked about on Sports Map Radio. I host full time Monday through Friday there. Uh, and we've talked about how this season has felt like a, a season of growth for the Bengals, a season of growing up and a season of maturing and developing and winning on the fly. And it feels like we could be seeing a changing of the guard in this division with, as we said, Ben Roethlisberger on the way out and uncertainty, a quarterback in Cleveland moving forward. And, you know, and the Ravens were pretty dinged up. So here are the Bengals, a five and a half point home favorite, total of 49. I'll be honest. I think this price is a little rich to back Cincinnati full game. I do lean with the Bengals if I was going to play the full game number. But my stronger play in this game is going to be in the first 30 minutes. And I'm going to take Cincinnati minus three in the first half of this game. Or excuse me, minus three and a half, minus 105. So you might be able to get some minus three still out there um, for the first half. This is clearly a situational play for me that I can't say no to. You have the Las Vegas Raiders coming off of what may have been the craziest regular season game I've ever seen. Uh, on Sunday night football at Allegiant Stadium against the L.A. Chargers. Winner gets in the playoffs, loser goes home. And obviously the fact that there was a winner gets the Steelers into the playoffs. So a super emotional win for the Raiders in which it basically was a five-quarter game with overtime going all the way to the end. Crazy plot twists and situational stuff at the end of that game with the tie on the line. And the Bengals have been playing these winner-go-home games for a while now going back to a Monday night game against the Cleveland Browns, a shorthanded Cleveland team in which they had to go on the road and beat on a last second field goal, going to Indianapolis and winning on the road against the Colts team that was in the playoffs. I wonder how much is left in the tank for the Las Vegas Raiders, obviously off that game Sunday night, now a short week. So that's all the stuff that makes me anti Raiders. And Oh, by the way, some lengthy travel for the first game of the playoff slate this weekend. Then you look at Cincinnati. They haven't left the state of Ohio in a month. They had a couple of home games prior to last week's game in Cleveland, and now they're back home against the Raiders. And also with Cincinnati, they rested their players last week. They didn't really have anything other on the line other than if they were going to be the three or the four seed. Seems like Joe Burrow is okay. He practiced all week. Not much to worry about there. T. Higgins limited participants, so we'll see if he's able to get out there. But I think clearly a rest advantage this time of year 
makes me really like Cincinnati. And then also the temperatures in Cincinnati are supposed to be below freezing with winds in the double digits. So I also think a warm weather team like the Raiders maybe won't travel as well going to Cincinnati. We saw the Raiders really get their asses kicked in Kansas City in December, which obviously isn't the warmest of places to play either. So I look at all of those factors situationally. I think it all lends itself towards the Bengals getting off to a better start. I worry a little bit about a steep price full game lean that way, but I think the much stronger play Bengals in the first 30 minutes minus three in the hook. I love that. I like the first half angle. The NFL really did the Raiders no favors here. This couldn't be a worse spot. Like you mentioned, the cold weather for a dome team. We got projected 10 mile per hour winds, which isn't too significant, but it's it's not easy for you know a dome team coming out there. And then you saw the Raiders defense. They played 88 snaps in that overtime game against the Chargers. I'm on the Bengals full game, but I do love the the first half angle. I really like the Bengals here. I love their offense. Raiders defense are ranked 21st in DVOA. That's their passing defense. And then the Bengals passing offense is ranked 15th. I think they can really exploit them through the air, and I expect them to do as much. Love Jamar Chase. My biggest concern here is the Bengals, their offensive line and their protection. They rank 30th in the NFL. They allow 3.2 sacks per game, and we know Max Crosby and that Raiders pass rush is very stout. But then also I'm I'm trying to think how the Raiders are going to move the ball. Like you mentioned, the weather. This isn't the most favorable conditions for a passing attack. And the Raiders, they rank 27th on the season in yards per rush attempt. They average 3.9 yards per attempt. I don't think the Raiders are going to really have that much success on the ground. So you're going to have the Bengals really sell out against Carr. He's, he's definitely capable of making plays. We've seen that. He's been really clutch down the stretch. It's honestly super impressive that the Raiders are even in the spot and in this game. I just think I think their luck is going to run out. I really like the Bengals full game here, minus five. So some agreement on the side with the home chalk. It is worth noting that the home team is favored in every game this weekend. Let's move forward and go to Buffalo, where the New England Patriots travel to Western New York for the rubber match against the Buffalo Bills. New England is a four-point road road underdog, excuse me, with a total in this game sitting at 44. You know, I'll be honest, it wasn't a strong play for me, but I did get there with New England plus the four on the road for a unit. I I felt like I was probably going to take the dog here regardless of the number. Uh, If if the excuse me, I was going to take the dog regardless as long as the number came out above a field goal, because I just feel like divisional games and, and I felt this way before researching it. But I just had a hunch, okay, division teams in the playoffs, they know each other so well. Usually if it's two good teams that are in the same division, it's going to lend itself to a close game. I'm going to want to take points if it's over three. Sure enough, last 19 games, postseason road divisional dogs are 13-6 and against a number. So I'm not surprised one bit by that trend. I think there's merit to it. Uh, Both of these teams are top 10 in offensive and defenses, offensive and defensive expected points added per play and are one and two in the AFC in point differential. So I just think these teams are very closely matched and I'm going to want to take points if it's above a field goal. 
Personnel-wise, you probably think Buffalo has a better roster, hence the four-point line. But I do think what we saw on the Monday night game in Fox, excuse me, in Buffalo, the first time these two teams met, uh, is was another example of Bill Belichick's coaching acumen, and that's a big mismatch for New England here. I know that Buffalo won the rematch in Foxborough, but in a close game, and this, I, I wouldn't hate a sprinkle. I'm probably not going to do it just because I like having those points in my back pocket, and I don't feel strongly about New England winning outright. But I would certainly think in a competitive game, it's going to be advantage New England. So if you like Buffalo, don't hesitate to lay those points. I would not include New England or, or Buffalo in a money line parlay. I would much sooner straight buff, straight bet Buffalo minus four if you did like the Bills, uh, because I think if they do not cover, then there's a decent chance they could lose a game outright. So I probably should be sprinkling, but I just don't feel strong enough to do it. Like I said, it really is just divisional game. Third time go- with these two teams played a couple of, you know, close games the first two times, even though I think Buffalo kind of definitely got the better of them the second time in Foxborough. Having said that, I think this game's more like the first game, which New England did win. Not sure who wins, like the four points, New England plus the points on the road. I would argue this game is going to look more like the second game. That first game, the wins were crazy. I mean, there was like 25-plus mile-per-hour wins. And hey, by the way, I'm glad you mentioned that, that because – We've talked about weather now in both of these games, and I do think that it's worth noting that the wind is really the most important factor. Like, if you're Buffalo, if you're Cincinnati, you're used to playing in cold weather, and honestly, even the visiting teams, you know, New England, clearly cold weather team, you know, and if Philadelphia happens to pull an upset, they go to Green Bay next week. Point being, these teams... Cold air and cold temperatures, I don't think make as big of a factor as the cold as the wind gusts that would actually impact your ability to throw the ball more. So, like, I think this game tonight is supposed to be. So, I agree with you as far as like which one would it more closely mirror. And I say that as a New England backer, but uh, from a weather standpoint, it's supposed to be single digits, uh, the temperatures above zero. But having said that. The winds don't look to be too strong, so I don't know if weather has as big of a factor as you no, want. No, I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, Last people. Point, are... make, you said that the over could be live here. I completely agree with that. On one one hand, because I think you could see a little bit of a depreciated total with the temperature and and the weather that we don't think is as bit of a factor. Secondly, Brian Dable for the second time in a second year in a row is the Bills OC linked to a lot of head coaching jobs. He's the OC for the Bills think he'd be feeling pretty good going into interviews if he just hung like 30 points on new england so something to think about exactly yeah it's a great point the, the coordinator interviewing for position so you know he's going to want to show out and i was going to say the weather yeah i don't think it's going to be really much of a factor both of these are cold weather teams and the temperature really doesn't seem to impact totals very much it's the wind that does and it looks to be only like four to six mile per hour winds projected which is Nothing to be concerned over it. I would lean the over. I think that's my strongest play. It's really tough to bet against Bill Belichick as a divisional dog, especially in a, you know, the third time. These teams know each other very well. I do lean to the Bills here. I think their offense is just too much. Mac Jones, rookie, making his first playoff start on the road. It's going to be a very hostile crowd. Could be very tough. Bills got absolutely embarrassed that first game on the ground. I think they're going to have to really combat that and make Mac Jones beat them, which I do not think he is capable of doing. I think it could be a close game. It's really tough to pick a side here. 
I think the Bills win a close one. I would look more towards the over. These conditions look perfectly fine for passing, and we know the Bills are going to want to sling the ball. They really don't run the ball very much, but the Patriots, their secondary is pretty sound. They have a really good pass rush, so that could disrupt some things. So nothing official for me. I know I'll get there, standalone game, Saturday night. You have to play it, but I'll probably look to the over, if anything. So let's move forward and go to the state of Florida, where we don't often associate cold weather or weather being a factor in January for an outdoor game in Tampa. But it seems like there could be some conditions in play as the Buccaneers Welcome in the Philadelphia Eagles. Tampa Bay is a steep eight and a half, nine point favorite. Alex, I think you said you saw some nine and a halves out there too on the side. Yeah, currently it's on DraftKings nine and a half, and the Eagles plus nine and a half is juiced to minus one twenty five, and yeah, Buccaneers so minus nine and a half is plus one of five. Right. So you know, certain shops already going to the nine and a half. Most books probably at nine, uh, but. Clearly, the Eagles are a steep underdog, but let's talk about what we just mentioned. Weather in Tampa, a factor here. 90% chance of precipitation, winds gusting up to 22 miles an hour. Temperatures should be in the upper 50s, low 60s. Uh, come Actually, more like upper 60s, I should say, come kickoff. But nonetheless, it does seem like the wind and rain could factor into the equation here. Which would make me think that the Eagles would be the only side that you could bet on this steep of a number. So often we talk about these big numbers in the NFL. Some guys just won't do it. They just won't lay doubles, or which is where it looks like we might be headed come kick in the NFL. And, you know, you know Tampa is going to be I, – I do wonder too, Alex, if this could just be – maybe do we get to 10 for that teaser protection on the seven-pointers? Yeah, I can certainly see that. I think this number is really going only one way. It's only you know, going the pros one way. Gonna, but again, the pros are going to come in. But the fact it, that again, NFL, there you said pros might come in late on the Eagles. It, numbers usually like this become dog or pass. And then when you consider the fact that you're going, we're going to have this weather, and you also have a Tampa offense that, let's be honest, down Chris Godwin. We know Antonio Brown's not there anymore. Are they as quick strike? Are they as explosive? And, you know, or is the path to victory a little more ball control oriented for Tampa and a little more a little more defense? And when you look at the fact that Tampa is looks like they might get Levante David back on defense, Shaq Barrett, JPP looks like they're getting healthier in the front seven. And that's where the big concern for me lies with Philadelphia. We know that the Eagles want to try and pound the rock and want to try and get the game to the fourth quarter, something like 2020 or 17, 17 and take their chances in a lower scoring game in which they can run the ball. Well, I'm not sure they're going to be able to do that if this Tampa's front seven is healthier come Sunday afternoon in South Florida. So all of that makes me think that the side is a total stay away for me. You like the under, and there has been under money on this total. It opened at 40, 49 and a half, excuse me, and it looks like that number only going one way as it looks like 46s are out there now. So that's not an insignificant move. I think you got in at under 47. Yeah, I grabbed under 47. I really like the under here. Those injuries you mentioned are very significant. I, I think the Bucks are definitely going to be a little little slower here. They don't really have that quick strike without Brown and Godwin. And obviously, 
Mike Evans is great, but he's going to be shadowed by Slay for much of the game. He's one of the better cover corners in the NFL. And you know the Eagles like to run the ball a lot. You mentioned that weather. Yeah, the winds are going to be very high, which definitely is a detriment to these passing offenses. And the Eagles don't even really want to pass the ball. They're going to have to keep this game close. They're going to have to control the game on the ground. Eagles are first in in uh, rushing yards per game. And then the Bucs, they're third in the NFL in rushing yards allowed per game. So this is really a solid strength-on-strength battle. I think that that side, it's just too high. There's no am running to back the Bucs. I would lean the Eagles here. I'm seeing currently, looks like 38% of bets are on Philly, but 78% of the money bet is on Philly. So that generally indicates... At a certain point, the number is going to get big enough where pros are going to come in. Right, exactly. And I think that's probably what's happening now. That's why you see that juice nine and a half on DraftKings or... They're just trying to get people to buy back on on Tampa at that plus money is this numbers just got way too high. So, yeah, I, I love the under here. I think I think both teams don't really have a quick strike offense. Neither has really huge weapons. I mean, Tampa's one of their best weapons is Gronk. They're tight end. That's, you know, more up the seam. And, and, I think and again, that might at, be at his age, not somebody exploit. that you expect to just have like a big 60-yard play, which also would lend itself to the under. Exactly. You, you really don't expect him to break one. I think he will get his yards because I think the weakest spot on this Eagles defense is probably their linebacker course. So that might lend for a big Gronk game. Maybe look for some Gronk player props, either receptions or receiving yards over. But I don't expect to high scoring game here. I think the Eagles will try to establish the run and I don't think they will do so very successfully. So then that really puts a ton of pressure on Hertz. I don't know if he's really up to the task on the road first playoff. Sorry. I, I like fading rookie quarterbacks in their first start, especially on the road. All, you see all these rookies going on. The well, road. I got to be clear. Hertz started four games last year, but he's basically a rookie. Okay. Fair. Feels like a rookie. In my mind. <laughs> That's a good point. You're right. I, I'd completely forgot about last season but the point still stands uh a less than seasoned quarterback making his first playoff start so not quite a rookie but very very inexperienced i like the under probably my favorite bet of the week yeah it's a good handicap and again the line move indicates as such that you're in at a at a decent number and uh it seems like i'd be surprised if we saw over money come back in it seems like that total may only close lower between now as we record on a Thursday night and Sunday afternoon, come kickoff down there in Tampa. Let's go to the late afternoon window. And, <laughs> you know, Alex, it's funny as the San Francisco 49ers visit the Dallas Cowboys. I was joking around with some buddies. I said, I can't guarantee you what the rest of the schedule will look like, but I can guarantee you that the Bengals will be Saturday at 430 Eastern because that just felt like <laughs> I live here in Houston now. And I have some people here saying that that's the Texans window because for years the Texans were always Saturday at 4.30 Eastern to start Wild Card Weekend. So when I made that comment about the Bengals, and I was correct in assuming that somebody else goes, oh, and I guarantee you the Cowboys are Sunday at 4.30 in that prime dinner window on Sunday afternoon. And sure enough, here are the Cowboys in that big Jerry Jones late afternoon TV window on a Sunday. Oh, yeah. They, they love America's team. 
Right. You got to boost them up there. And yeah, like you're saying, the Bengals, that's especially against the Raiders. That's one exactly. of the more boring, that's just like, all right, let's get the worst the game spot. out of the way. Like, exactly. Saturday at 4 30 when people are still doing things before they settle in for that nice night divisional game. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Good way to bury that boring game. Anyway, uh, San Francisco is a three point road dog, total of 51. Looks like some juice here on the Dallas side, so we could get to three and a half come kickoff total of 51 in this game. And you know what, Alex? I worry. I worry about this being trendy dog, but I have to take San Francisco. So I'll be on the Niners plus the points. San Francisco top five in the NFL, both in offensive and defensive rush DVOA. Why is that important? Because that feels like exactly like the San Francisco team that went to the Super Bowl two years ago. Dominate the line of scrimmage, pound the rock, stop the run defensively, get after the quarterback. Oh, by the way, they are sixth in ESPN's pass rush win rate metric. So the bottom line is this. I think that San Francisco front seven is back. Nick Bosa looks like the same player he was before the ACL injury. And Dallas, let's be honest, for as much as they can put up big plays and score in a hurry. They need to be able to establish the run. They're just two and four straight up when Dak Prescott throws the ball 50 plus times. They need balance in their with their ground game, whether it be Ezekiel Elliott or Tony Pollard. And I just don't know if they're going to be able to really move the ball with regularity against the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers in their last, uh, I think it's their last six games, there's some stat. They, they haven't allowed 400 total yards at all. Um, and actually, it might be their last nine games. I'm going to pull it up right now. But uh, they've been very good uh, just from a total defense standpoint. Seven of their last nine, they've won. Their defense has allowed 278 or fewer in six of those nine and never 400 yards in all nine games. So I think the San Francisco defense is back. I think the 49ers are pounding the rock the way they want to. And Jimmy Garoppolo is in his kind of game manager role that he's comfortable in. And oh, by the way, the exact game script that we weren't confident with the 49ers winning, having to come from behind like that, they found a way to win last week against the Rams with their playoff hopes on the line. I think the 49ers are humming. I think this is the most dangerous wild card of all the wild cards that are playing this weekend in both conferences. 49ers, very live underdog for me. I think they win the game outright. I'll take the three anyway. I'll take the Niners. We love Kyle Shanahan as an underdog, especially a road dog. He's 16 and nine against the spread as a road dog in his career. I definitely lean the Niners here. I'm sitting on a Cowboys Super Bowl future, so I'll probably pass. But I think the Niners are the only side they have a really dominant pass rush. As you mentioned, they're six in ESPN's pass rush win rate. They're really going to get after the quarterback. They can stop the run well, so. Those two things combined, they're stopping the run, and then they're making Zeke or Dak pass, and then they're going to be getting after the quarterback. I think Dallas got really the worst spot here. The Niners are one of the hotter teams right now in the NFL. This is a terrible spot, despite being at home. I'm going to be playing the under. I got under 51. I really like the under. I think this is going to be a lower-scoring game. I, I don't see Dallas putting up a ton of points with that 49ers pass rush really they'll be back there all day and then Dallas's pass rush is really strong as well we know the Niners are going to want to run the ball a ton so that should eat up some clock Cowboys ranked 
seventh in the NFL in points allowed per game, and then the Niners ranked ninth in the NFL in points allowed per game. Yeah, I really like the under here. I think this is going to be a close game. I could definitely see the Niners pull off the upset. I think that's the only way you lean, but I really like the under. Yeah, uh, certainly no argument for me here. I think, again, one of those games where you would expect San Francisco to fare better in a lower scoring game. And so as we sit here uh, just a few days away from kickoff now, if you're telling me that there's going to be fewer points, that's going to like maybe make the 49ers even more. Let's wrap up the Sunday slate. I think maybe uh, I think people might might be scared off by by indoor games and taking the under. Cause that's you know, a good point. It's kind of like the inverse but... of like people want to take the over in bad weather games all the time or take the under in bad weather games and always take the over in domes or good weathers. And right. it's almost a little too easy. Exactly. By the way, number one last, too high one last thing here. I just love conceptually fading the Cowboys off of two 50 point scoring outputs. And, and I think this might speak to your under too. two of the last three games. Dallas has scored 50 plus points, but Remember, that's against a Washington team that was in disarray and against an Eagles team that played like it's B squad. So, you know, I think Dallas and sandwiched in between those two games is kind of a clunker against Arizona. So I, I like conceptually the idea of fading Dallas and also to your point about the under. Yeah, team. and I think there's I think this Niners defense is way better than what they they found against the Cardinals. And they, they couldn't seem to to put together a, a great, great game until the second half. They kind of turned it on a bit but still yeah they weren't passing the ball that well I, I think this the Niners secondary can be exploited but with that pass rush I'm I'm pretty confident that they can get after the quarterback here and keep this game lower scoring all right let's go to Sunday Night Football where the Pittsburgh Steelers travel to Arrowhead Stadium to take on the Kansas City Chiefs and this is the biggest point spread of the week Kansas City a 12 and a half point home favorite total of 46 I have no lean here. I think uh, <laughs> kind of like we, what we talked about in the beginning, there's like some element of like Steelers weirdness that I don't want to step in front of. I There's zero reason to think the Steelers can be competitive here. But at the same time, that's exactly why the Steelers would be competitive here. So you have that kind of, as I said, just weird factor here for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. And then you also have the... Kansas City Chiefs that I mean Alex how many times do we talk about it they don't cover these numbers you know so we don't feel great about them in that in this situational spot in this price range I do think while I won't I don't know that I'll put a bet down on this game I think situationally it has to correlate right there's no way the Steelers have any shot in a high scoring game so if you want to take all those points take the under as well if the Chiefs are going to cover the game's going over yeah, normally we we love Mike Tomlin as an underdog. He's one of the best rah-rah players coach in the NFL. We'd love him getting this team up. And the Steelers are just playing with house money. They're honestly very lucky to be here. I'd, I think they're a, a Brandon Staley timeout away from not being in the playoffs. So they're, <laughs> they're really just playing with house money. But double-digit dogs, they really haven't fared well in wildcard weekend. They're Two and ten against a spread since two thousand. This number does feel a little high, but I'm certainly not running to back the Steelers. A really good pass rush, decent against a run, and we see those Kansas City Chiefs running backs are both banged up. They should go, but both did not 
they both were uh, limited in practice recently and they banged up. Tyreek Hill, we saw, was a little gimpy. Travis Kelsey went out late in that game. My play here is on the under. I, I think that the Steelers really can't score. I just don't see them throwing the ball very well. And Big Ben feels very lifeless. And I know wildcard outdoor unders are 39-18 and 18 since 2003. Yeah, we love the under here. I think the only shot the Steelers have is to try to run the ball with Najee Harris and get a couple turnovers, try to keep this close. And I don't, I don't really see them keeping this within the number, but yeah, I can't lay that high of a number. I'm, I'm going under 46 and a half. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. Um, inclined to double dip, like I said. I mean, would you think the Steelers recover, or you just like the uh, under more? Nah, yeah, I love the under, and I, I lean Pittsburgh, but I, I really don't. I just don't see them scoring enough to keep it close. Mm-hmm. Like I, I could right. see this easily being like, I don't know, like a, like a 28 to 10 type of game. And, you know, they, they have their chances, but they just, they just can't convert and can't score. Their, their passing attack is really poor. They're honestly lucky to be here. I'm, I'm shocked that they won that Baltimore game. I, the offense, the passing attack is just pretty non-existent, which against the chiefs is not ideal. But like you're saying, we, We've been watching this Chiefs team, and we've been baiting them pretty regularly. They they don't seem to really put teams away. They always keep it close. They seem to be living by these defensive touchdowns, which which put the games out of reach, but they, they still really haven't been covering. I mean, they didn't cover last week. They barely covered that other game against the Broncos. They obviously blew out the Steelers, but that game still landed 46, and that's with the Steelers you know, scoring a very late touchdown, meaningless touchdown. And I kind of see the game going similar to that first matchup. Well, let's wrap up with Monday night. By the way, Alex, I Monday night football Rams hosting the Cardinals. I think this is terrible that they're playing a Monday night playoff game. Like, uh, whoever wins better be playing Sunday. I'll just say that because I realize you could say, oh, we'll get the number one seed. Well, there's only one bye now. So to play a Monday night playoff game, especially if the winner here has to go to Lambeau, and if that's a Saturday game, like even if it's a Sunday game, I just think that it's ridiculous that we're playing a Monday night playoff game. Yeah, it seems like a huge disadvantage, especially having to go to Lambeau. I I think Lambeau has a huge advantage as it is with that weather. Of course, if San Francisco wins, the Niners will probably end up going there, but point remains. Right, right. Yeah, no, the point remains a short week I mean, the NFL is not really doing anyone favorites. We're seeing that that Raiders team in probably the worst spot in in playoff history. I mean, that's that's a terrible spot to be in. So they're really not doing anyone favors. I I love it just to have more football on different days, but I agree. Situationally, it's it's horrible for these teams. Anyway, having said that, Rams four point favorite total in this game of forty nine and a half right now. I got in on the side and the total got a good number on the total at under 50. I like the Rams given the four as well. Here's what I'm saying. First off, I want to fade Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. And so that means fade Arizona. That means under in all likelihood, because Arizona is in its first, you talk about playoff newbies and you know, I I did say I like the Bengals, but 
we don't expect Cliff Kingsbury to deliver this time of year. And we're in some cases, you know, surprised he even made the playoffs. Now he did get off to a good enough start where it's going to be hard to screw that up, but they don't win the division and they went one and four the last five, by the way, that one win against the Cowboys. So I think that might say more about the Cowboys than about the Cardinals, which would also make me like the 49ers against the Cowboys in that earlier game uh, in the middle of the afternoon on Sunday. But having said that, uh, Arizona, the offense down DeAndre Hopkins still it just isn't that good right now. I mean, they got a defensive touchdown against Seattle last week. They didn't look great on that Christmas night game against Indianapolis. So I want to fade Arizona, expect them to score fewer points. Um, and I also kind of want to bet against the Rams offense right now because Matt Stafford, I do not trust to protect the ball. He's been playing very poorly with the interceptions down the stretch. Of course, when you say interceptions, you're worried about short fields and defensive touchdowns. I'll take my chances there. I just don't know that Matt Stafford will rise to the occasion and be able to kind of win this game on his right arm. And, oh, by the way, the Rams haven't been able to really run the ball that well either. So, you know, the game, Cam, Cam Akers came back, obviously wasn't much of a factor last week. I just don't expect a lot of points here. I agree with the total being bet down. And sidewise, I'm more inclined to back a Rams team that has veterans. You know, I know J.J. Watt might come back and play for the Cardinals in this game. Rams, by the way, brought out Eric Weddle from retirement to give them some secondary help because they're having some safety injuries. Uh, but even though I worry about Stafford, I, I do think there's enough players on the Rams that have been through the ringer in the postseason, whether it be with the Rams or, you know, Jalen Ramsey in Jacksonville, whatever. So I am more equipped to back the home team with some more playoff experience. Coaching mismatch, I believe, Sean McVay versus Cliff Kingsbury. Rams minus four under 50 for me. We love, love being Cliff down the stretch. I completely agree with Cards offense just has not been the same. And the defense really hasn't been that great either. They're allowing 350 yards per game on this one and four stretch that they're on. Last week, we saw the Rams offense. They put up less than 325 yards for the, their first time since the bye week. I expect them to bounce back. I don't think the Cardinals defense really is good enough right now. And without DeAndre Hopkins offense, feels fairly lifeless granted they they did fairly well against a depleted Seattle Seahawks defense so I'm not putting too much stock into that I think this Rams defense is much better they're going to turn the ball over they're going to look good they have a really stout rushing defense and a solid pass rush up the middle obviously Aaron Donald we all know that and then you saw James Connery didn't practice today so that's Certainly something to look out for, but it is a Monday game and it's Thursday, so I don't know how much stock he can put into that. But yeah, just without Hopkins, this offense really can't seem to stretch the field like they they were. And we obviously love hating for Kingsbury. I'm gonna I'm gonna ultimately play the Rams minus four. There he is. So at a consensus play on the Rams. Minus four to wrap up our wild card weekend edition of Full Slate. Alex, any uh, wings of choice this weekend? Beers of choice? I know it's a playoff football. Big you got to. I feel yeah, like we have to up the ante on our our menus here because we only have a few more weekends to go. I know, and especially 
Sunday, three games. I got my Steelers Sunday night. Definitely going to have to get a ton of wings. Obviously, some buffalo. Maybe some mango habanero. Definitely going to be drinking some Miller Lights because that's the go-to. That's a solid, steady beer you can drink throughout the day. The girlfriend is on a work trip Saturday to Saturday. So oh, so you got the whole house boy, to yourself. <laughs> me, yeah, me and my boy Lenny Locks. I have a couple of people over. Does Lenny have a play for us? No, I we'll have to ask him. I'll have to see what he's thinking. He's probably going to say Steelers just take the points, but I don't know if we can trust him. He's been a little <laughs> cold recently. There he is. Alex Uplinger at Alex underscore up seven manages our podcast, Twitter at full underscore slate underscore pod. My name is Greg Frank at undercover Greg on gambling Twitter. Thanks for all for tuning in. Enjoy your beer. Enjoy your wings. Enjoy your gambling picks. I hope you enjoy those. And of course, please play responsibly. This has been another edition of full slate. Alex, thanks a lot. Let's have fun this weekend. Yeah, buddy. Best of luck. Let's get some winners. All right. There he is again, everybody play responsibly and enjoy wild card weekend.